theory and I bring that point of view basically to everything. That's my orientation in the world. The medium itself dictates the meaning and mediated content is a two-way street. Whether Beyonce wants to control it or not, the audience does make their own meaning. That's why, that's what fame is. The two-way communication of the marketplace with an artist and their content. Welcome to People Have Color, y'all. Thanks for joining me. Okay, anyway, all this brings me to the point was just to talk about this podcast. This podcast is an exploration of meaning and reservation of judgment. In this space, we take the culture seriously, intentionally, despite and because of its absurdities. We say and in this space. The intention is to build, to lift, to lift ourselves and to hold each other to account with love, not anger, and not judgment. I don't judge anger in this space either. So one of the principles that you'll hear and you'll see recur is that it's okay to have feel your feelings. Doesn't matter what they are. Your anger is information. It's just not a place to stop. Your anger is not a stopping place because no one deserves to just live only with your anger and to be dismissed by you. That's not a power that we can righteously hold over anyone. Anyway, really to hold each other to account and not let each other go in the process. That's what that means. To keep going. To keep going to freedom! As Nicki Minaj said, Harriet Tubman said, to freedom! Okay, so moving on. I'm a power coach and facilitator. Those words mean a lot of things to my clients. Uh, And for the purposes of this episode, I'll just say I help professionals get what they came for. And I teach and model advanced communication skills that help people move forward and get unstuck. This will be a, a podcast and conversation with people who want to talk about progress, talk about moving forward, challenge their own assumptions and challenge mine so that we can move forward. And in those conversations, I'm gonna approach them as a coach because that's who I am in the world. And what a coach really does is ask powerful questions. Ask the kind of questions that allow people to really come up with their own powerful answers. It's a thing that happens in collaboration and dialogue. And when you're in a safe space of support to have the kind of insight that really allows you to transform, allows something to truly shift. Like, what happens if we keep going past our anger, past the dismissal of our quote-unquote opponent, right? What happens if we hold ourselves to living our values? What happens if we actually practice respect and equality? What happens if we start from the most evolved place of our understanding? What happens if we act from these truths we all hold as self-evident? What happens if we start there and practice those truths? So to give you a little background, I personally, I started on this path of intentional living about two and a half years ago in January of 2016. 
and the story starts a little bit further back than that. Six months prior to that, my mom passed away, and my life began to open up in a new way in the wake of her passing. That's a long story. And a little over a year prior to her passing, I became a mom myself, and that opened my life up in a way that is continuing to develop to open and I've also I've always been deep anybody who really knows me will tell you and has known me for a long time will tell you well Corinne's been deep a long time and I trace it back to age 16 honestly maybe my dad would say longer I wonder what my dad would say but age 16 I started going on these leadership development retreats with a program by the name of prep for prep which positions itself as a leadership development program for non-traditional leadership, primarily leadership of people of color who primarily have grown up in poverty or without access to the kind of kinds of opportunity that racism inhibits. So its mission is to develop leaders from those places in order to truly affect change in societies. And anyway, it pause. Okay, because prep for prep, the New York City based educational opportunity program changed my entire life just want to state for the record so that there's no confusion around the fact that prepforprep.org google it type it in your browser if you are unfamiliar is a new york city based educational opportunities program for traditionally under advantaged talented youth to get their entire lives. And that's what it did for me. I got my whole life beginning at age 11 from that program and continuing. The program scoops up little nerds like myself. I say nerd with all love and respect and esteem. Kids who are actually thriving in the public school system academically. I just want to acknowledge that prep for prep in New York, look it up, it's worth it, changed my entire life, gave me my first, oldest, deepest peer network of rising stars. Shout out and all love and much respect to. Much love, Gary Simons. So, you know, that's all. Just making sure that's said for the record. Now back to the show. We began these leadership development programs that really got us thinking about ethics and politics in the world and, you know, the larger picture of, of the world we live in, in high school. And I took those things very seriously. That was a very, very powerful experience of learning for me in high school. And I started really talking about things after that. I started being a critical. I began the journey of critical thinking and analysis at that point. So that's what it means by I've always been deep. Really, since I was 16, I noticed it in myself for a long time. 16 is also when I moved out of my mother's house, right? So the plot thickens as far as that relationship that opened up when she passed away. So basically, I took a lot of meaning from her passing because I take a lot of meaning from things, from everything. That has been one of the most profound experiences and learnings of my life is who I am in relation to the woman who bore me, particularly since she passed. 
So basically, it was a very complicated relationship that I would say in a nutshell made me feel bad about myself and was deeply knotted into my struggling self-image. And I deeply mourned her while at the same time I felt extreme relief at her passing. It was deep, y'all. It remains deep. And I know I'm not alone in having a deep, complicated parental relationship. So I am new to sharing that kind of truth about myself. And there you have it. So basically, I started seeing a therapist when she passed. About a month after she passed, I I saw a therapist for the first time in my adult life. I saw a mind therapist, not a physical therapist, not an acupuncturist, which I have seen before this moment in my life but somebody to tend to my emotional well-being and development in the wake of my mother's death really really quickly after my mom passed I saw a therapist for the first time and I have been in some form of real emotional therapy ever since so essentially I'm for it it has been a, a pivotal piece of me changing my life and I started seeing this therapist right it was a woman It wasn't even long-term. I saw her for about a year and moved on from her, but I have stayed in therapy. And anyway, I started seeing this therapist who for the first time in my life was an adult who I respected, who suggested to me in plain, direct English, not in some kind of hidden message or not just not at all. For the first time in my life, an adult suggested to me that I did not owe it to myself to punish myself that that was not what was right and good for me to do, that I did not owe that as a penalty for how wrong I was as a person, how failed I was, to live in punishment of that, to live in shame. And it's like that's what, punish, that's what the punishment meant. The first person to suggest, to ask me such powerful questions as, what if I'm not wrong? To simply be who I am and to have made the choices that I've made. What if I'm okay? What if my choices are okay? What if, literally what if, if that's true, then what? What if I'm doing my best? What if my best that I'm doing is enough? What if I can get where I want to go, which is not where I am, but what if I can get where I want to go by not punishing myself, by straight up saying, fuck this punishment you've been doling out to yourself your whole life? say what I mean literally y'all two and a half years ago these ideas occurred to me for the first time okay and I don't know if that makes me sound cray I don't actually don't know how that makes me sound to another person I haven't beyonceified myself in this way to not care but Q want to flex his bombs for me right then what What if I can actually go further by not punishing myself? What if I can actually go further by having a better time in my own life, by enjoying my own life more, by accepting myself, by feeling good about myself, by believing in myself? What if the things that feel good are actually good for me? I'm sorry, what? particularly if they come from me. I'm sorry, what now? 
That's what happened to me two and a half years ago, right? That's this woman's basic training. Like she wasn't some demigod or something. She, this was her basic psychiatrist training was to introduce me to this concept of self-acceptance. Okay, get you some, y'all. If you are hearing what I'm saying to you, I'm also saying get you some. Okay, this is the competitive advantage that some people walk through this world with, and many of us do not. It is a straight-up competitive advantage. Moving on, what is the punishment? So what's the punishment? When I'm talking about punishment, what is it? It's shame. It's shaming myself, blaming myself, being shamed, opening myself up to shame, believing I accept and deserve shame, and the ensuing depression of that. Side note, this is what I hear, honestly, when I listen to the read. And shout out to Crystal and Kid Fury. I, if there's any podcast I listen to regularly, it's that one. I know I'm not alone. And I will just say, I grapple with the negativity of that show as part of my love for it. And the pain that Crystal and Kid Fury share about their own experiences with depression and therapy and coping and really carrying shame, carrying blame, being hard on themselves, continuing to be hard on themselves, just beginning to learn the concept of not having to be so hard on yourself, that you don't deserve it and that you don't owe it, is the basics of transformation, personal transformation and liberation, right? If you don't hear what I'm saying, Godspeed. If you do, please join me on this journey. So basically... That cycle of shame and blame and depression is how we stay stuck, stay trapped, how we internalize and carry and perform the trauma that we have experienced, that our parents, that our ancestors have experienced, anyone on earth this is true of, let alone the system that makes it true for people of color, the systems rather that make it true for people of color on a grand scale, as opposed to just the individual truth of this being true for people all over the world, all people all over the world. That cycle of shame and blame and depression is how we stay trapped in trauma, okay? Holler if you hear me. So jumping off from this point, just this tiniest bit of awareness, just this new revelation, so powerful, I start, care- I start caring for myself. I start believing that the easy thing, the thing that feels good is good for me and that it's worth at least worth a try. Can't be worse than the things that suck right? I start just the beginning of telling myself I'm okay in response to feeling bad about myself. Cut to six months later. Morning, January 2016. Six months later, I wake up I get dressed, I get ready for work, I get on the subway, and I read an article on my phone, a news article, about an artist who followed his own voice to massive success, who listened to himself and defied the odds to create a labor of love that went on to massive acclaim. And I read his quotes, and I hear him talking from his gut about who he is and what he wants to be in the world, and just following that and, and getting it done. And I start to hum. I physically start to vibrate with energy, right? This is the experience I had this morning. I just, I feel in my nerves, the blood coursing through my body, that this story is for me and about me and is a message to me that my future is not at the 
office building that I'm walking into and that I need not pretend it is not a second longer. So I don't know how this sounds, but to me, as I'm listening to myself talk, it sounds like I had this magical experience and point blank period I did. So my body is vibrating and I don't know if anybody else knows what that experience is like, but that's what happened to me. Feel this energy coursing through my body that I just can't dismiss. And it's also like something I recognize, something I felt before, something that feels so good and something I have literally not felt in, in many years, in several years. It's its own thing. And it, ha- it didn't take long in hindsight to recognize that that feeling was inspiration. That feeling was purpose. That feeling was divine energy of my purpose. My own voice feeling empowered and powerful. Almost nothing feels better than that. That certainty that comes from only you about what's right and wrong for you and what's good and feels good and what God wants for you, what your God wants for you. And nobody can tell you what that is. Only you know it and only you feel it. So anyway, this feeling and this voice, which I later recognize very clearly is my voice, tells me to quit my job. Today. This morning. I try to start my day trying to figure out what to do with this energy, not consciously, just ha- just having this experience. I log on my computer, open a blank email to start composing what will become my resignation, like trying to put my thoughts into words, which is another thing that I like to do. I check the date on the screen. It's January 28th, 2016. It is my mother's birthday. It is my mother's first birthday since she passed. I push away from my desk, I take a deep breath, I cry silently to myself, privately, and I say thank you. This, my friends, is a dramatization. I don't remember exactly how this all went down, but I know that these all, all of these things I'm telling you are true. And I also know that I decide at that point, at some point during that morning, that this is to honor her, that I'm going to quit. I go into my boss's office. I prepare everything that's on my desk in exquisite form. I walk in there. I present it to my boss, who has routinely and increasingly undermined me, not just me, but certainly me. Many people know the story of a bad manager, a toxic manager. It's not a unique story. But I walk into my particular toxic manager's office, hand her my impeccable workload, and I resign. I guess I had been working up to it. That's why my desk was in such tight orders, because I, I had been preparing for this day and without consciously knowing it was coming. Anyway, so I resigned, right? I pretty much resigned right away. And it took me not very long after I'm like still buzzing on the energy of it. I know it's right. I'm shaking. I'm in a new space for myself, emotionally, mentally, a place I haven't been in a long time because I've been at this job that I took out of just not believing in myself and stayed in a place, a, a long place of just like a culmination of not believing in myself really, which is deep. And which, because I am also a powerful young queen at this point who knows that there's more in store for me and who is capable of taking care of myself 
I do reach that. I did come to the end of this road on my own two feet and on my own terms and move forward for myself. But anyway, I thank my mom and I decide very quickly that this moment is about honoring her, that this is an opportunity being presented to me to honor the legacy of the badass, powerful queen who bore me and the queens who she came from by telling this boss and this patriarchy that has always undermined us us both and us all that I am severing this tie, this tie that binds me to your underwhelm, an underwhelming vision for my own powerful, valuable, infinite life. Peace. I'm out. So I did that. And for the past two and a half years since, I have been following a road that's brand new, that's never existed before, and that will not exist again because it's only mine. It's no one else's, and it's the only one there ever will be. And in these two and a half really intentional years, I've learned quite a lot about myself, about others. I've struggled, and I have triumphed. And I have accomplished a few things that I'll share here. I stayed in therapy. I completed the Artist's Way program, which is a 12-week life-changing program that I will mention any number of times as this show progresses. Uh, Google it. It's everything. I became a certified professional diversity coach and a certified convergent facilitator. That's who I am. Like I talked about being deep before, and that's who I am professionally is a coach and a facilitator. More in store where that's concerned. So what else did I do? I went into business for myself as a coach and a facilitator. I started this podcast, and I, I transformed my relationship with my mom after her death. And I also know that I'm not alone in that truth. And if you're still struggling with this and you're listening to this and you have a parent who you struggle with and I don't know that there's anything deeper than the struggle that comes from that parental struggle, like the, the, the persistence of that, like that, that's the trauma. And my experience is the trauma of struggle with the one who raised you or didn't or the one you came from. And if I'm not alone, if you're hearing me and and you're like, yeah, you have a story like that, that you are still working through, I just want to drop a coin in the bucket and say, I'm living proof. I'm living proof that it's never over. It's never over. And it's never too late. And I also know that I'm not alone in this experience of your life opening up when your parents pass. There's something primal about that of not being a child anymore, literally not being a child anymore because your parent is gone and coming to terms and grieving and growing. These are all things I committed to since I changed my life and like moved on from my square, as the pimps will call it, moved on from my traditional job. I've committed to all of these things. That's the real thing that makes them clear to me is things to acknowledge is that these are all commitments that I've made from which I have not wavered because they matter, because they matter to me, because I chose them, because I believe in myself, 
because I practice every day new and continued ways to support my own self and to persevere. I also have a lot more goals than these, and they all include continuing to believe in myself and my purpose and my power, which again brings me to the purpose of this show. Originally, I called it People Have Color, based on this idea I had months ago, which is that people of color is another way of entrenching white supremacy, period. Most people on earth are people of color. There's the only difference between people of color and people not of color is whiteness. And really, if you round up, according to Wikipedia, only 10% of the world is white. So what are we distinguishing? We all have color. What if we round, what if we round up again and acknowledge that we all have color, that we all have, share more than we don't, and that our differences are not the most significant thing about us, right? Not a new concept, but this is how I framed it is in this title, people have color, we all have color, we all have things to say, and we all exist in more ways than anyone can assume or know without knowing. So since that uh, idea, that revelation I had several months ago, I have recorded and published a few of these episodes and I've just been letting it evolve. I've just been accepting what it is and, let, and, and committing to just keeping going. I'm still in it. So basically, I just took a break. Maybe another one will come in the future. But I'm committed to this thing and I'm, and I'm in it. So this podcast will reta- retain its name, though the scope will continue to refine. And I want it to be more personal as I share this story about my own trajectory and growth. And getting to this place, I wanted to be more specific about real world, world examples, like I shared with how I feel about all these queens. And really, I want it to be about the power of my people to change the world, the potential to transform hope in the future, true hope in the future. I'm an optimist. It's another truth about me. And, you know, even more explicitly, I wanted this to be about really what matters to me. That's the future, the future of the culture, the future of progress, the future of hope, the future for my son. I really, 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 like honestly, truly, really care about the real world implications of the next generation of powerful women. And that's why I talked to you about Cardi B and Ariana Grande. There are many lessons we learn from our modern day myths. And anybody who knows me knows this is how I talk about Beachella as a modern day myth and myths matter. Myths like Cardi B, like Serena, like Naomi, like Ariana, like B, like Nikki, like Issa, like Ava, like Ali, like Viola, like Maxine and Kamala, and Stacey Abrams, and on and on and on and on and on, in the past and the present and the future. And including the women doing the actual critical work and analysis and writing of holding us to account today in their own voices, like Ashley C. Ford, like Brittany Packnett, like Eve Ewing, like Crystal, like Jenna Wortham, like Tracy Clayton and others who populate my Twitter feed. I want to say Tracy Clayton's name one more time because I really love her. I love her expression. I connect full heartedly, full throatedly to it on Twitter. And because I added her last, because I I was challenging the notion of whether she does hold the culture to account and she holds herself to account. 
with love. And I, that's what I recognized when I started thinking about it. And I'm for that. And I really love her. So it's my show. I added her to the list. So yeah, like Tracy Clayton and like the many, many other powerful queens on my Twitter feed and also in my life. The badass bitches I grew up with and love and know in my own family, in my own school experiences, work experiences, and New York City experiences. I love y'all and I am of y'all and I am and will and want to be standing shoulder to shoulder with you as we do our thing on our own terms. These are the women that I will continue to name on this platform so we can fly ourselves to the moon. So ladies, I want to build with you. I want to share with you. Let's all of us talk and keep talking. The show is called People Have Color. We all, all of us have color. We have much, much more in store. And anyone who wants to engage with me thoughtfully on that premise is welcome on in this space. Anyone. This podcast right here is merely one infinite ultralight beam on the spectrum of infinity. It is merely here to let you know it is here. I invite you all to stay tuned. Hit subscribe on your preferred platform, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, right through the app, through my blog, peoplehavecolor.com. You can email me at peoplehavecolor at gmail.com and you can show me some love when you see me on the street. Stay tuned for more power, more truth to power, more power, more power, and more power. Thanks. Peace. Bye.